Welcome to Her Money's Worth, a community and podcast focused on helping you to sort out your money, navigate the world of investing and build long-term wealth. You're joined by your host, Olivia, and each week we deepen our knowledge about all things finance and ensure we're getting our money's worth from every hard-earned dollar. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you are here with me today for another episode and I really hope that you've had a lovely start to 2023. I hope you've eased into it. I hope you've had some time to reflect on 2022 and how that went for you. I hope you've had some time to maybe think about some goals that you want to put in this year, but of course haven't put too much pressure on yourself. I'm so excited for what we're going to be talking about today because I'm going to be going through 10 financial habits, I'm going to call them, that everyone, no matter who you are, can put into their life to ensure that they set themselves up forever. So 10 things you can do that if you implement, I think you're going to be set up for life financially. In the last two episodes, we spoke about reflection and goal setting for our most important financial goals to tackle. So If you haven't listened to those episodes, please head back either after this or before and go through those episodes if you want to set specific goals around specific areas in your life to achieve over the next 12 months. In today's episode, it's going to be a little bit different, however, because I'm going to talk through some things that I believe that every single person needs in their life to ensure they overall have a successful financial life and also to build wealth regardless of what they earn. So this is for everyone. So this episode is 100% for you. It does not matter what your individual goals are. We talked about those in the last two weeks. So go back and listen to them and set your own individual goals. But this is for everyone. It doesn't matter what your income is. Everything I'm going to talk about in today's episode is the absolute basics and foundation for financial success. It doesn't matter who you talk to, what money book you read, they will be doing some kind of combination of what I'm about to talk about. And I'm going to give you examples for how I apply it to my life and talk about why I think it's so important. I know you are going to get something great from this episode and you don't have to do everything I'm going to talk about in this episode tomorrow. This is things that I have been working on over years that I have been consuming different podcasts, books, creators, different financial um, advisors. So This is things I've been working on for years and years and years that I have compiled into a 30-minute episode for you. So that's amazing. I believe that over probably the first month or two of this year, you should be able to set these things up and you should be able to begin laying some amazing financial foundations throughout the year that are going to be there for you for the rest of your entire life. So I'm really excited and I hope you are and let's get into it. Number one is to focus on understanding your financial whys and to set goals around this and relating to this every single year that you set goals. Now, I've started with this reason as I believe it is the most important one for this entire episode. And I'm starting with it because identifying your financial why will actually give you momentum and motivation to continue on with every single other reason that I'm going to discuss throughout this podcast. So this is kind of really laying that foundation for every other thing, habit, action you take that is related to your financial success. So let's explain what I mean by your financial why. So some people might think or might say, okay, I'd love to be rich or okay, I want tons of money to spend. 
But what does that actually mean for you? What is that going to give you in life? What result is that going to give you for your every day? How is that actually going to change what your day-to-day looks like? Instead of saying those things or instead of saying, okay, how can I get heaps of money? We need to be asking ourselves some different questions first. And those questions are, what can money actually do for you? What can having more money give you in your life, in your day-to-day life? How is it going to change how you live, how you work, how you act, what you do for fun? How is it going to change your relationships? How is it going to change what you can do for your family? Heaps of questions there, but just have a think about a few of them and think about what comes up first. A hint here is that when we're answering these questions and when I'm asking you what can money do for you or what is money going to give you normally material possessions is not enough now i'm not saying that it's not okay to think i'd love a bigger house or i'd love to be able to go on holiday absolutely and i think those things too but it's more about what can money give you in life that isn't a material possession So it might actually be the freedom to go and get a bigger house so you've got more space for your family, so you can enjoy family time, so your kids can have a bigger garden to run around in, so they can enjoy themselves. So trying to think beyond the actual material possession, it's not about having something to look good or prove something to someone because generally that's not going to be enough motivation. So for me, my financial why is about freedom and flexibility and not having to work a job that exhausts me to the point of feeling like I have no energy or zest for anything else in life. So it's much more about that choice um, rather than a monetary goal that's going to be able to buy me something. And you need to think about what your financial why is because your financial why is not going to be my financial why, or it might be similar, but it might be for different reasons because we've all had a different circumstance situation upbringing we've all had different things that we've struggled through that trigger us so you need to have a think about what it is for you and this is really important because as without a financial why or reason it is very 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 hard to stay motivated and keep going when it gets a bit boring or a bit hard and for a lot of people managing money and focusing on finances can actually be boring It's definitely less boring when you have a why though and when you um, have something to focus on, that's when it gets fun and it gets interesting as because you'll be thinking about, well, what am I going to achieve? What's my life going to look like? What freedom will I have? What benefits will I have? So you almost need a bit of a North Star to follow when it gets tough. And like I said, it will be different for everyone, but it could be your family or it could be your future family. It could be that you want to set yourself up for an early retirement or maybe you really want to help your parents or maybe you just want the freedom to work part-time or follow a passion or open that coffee shop whilst maintaining the lifestyle that you've already got, which can be really difficult these days. So try to think of something, even if it's just about bettering your lifestyle or being more flexible with choice in your life and try if you can not to think short-term Because if you just think, okay, my financial why is that holiday I've got in six months, whilst that's awesome and you can sort of, you know, you can actually make that a long-term goal because you can think, well, I want to have the flexibility to be going overseas every year. Um, Try and make it long-term so you can continue to follow it 
for this year, for 2023 and for years to come. The second thing that we want to be working on for our successful financial foundations is that we need to commit to building an emergency fund if we don't already have one this year and continuing to maintain one for the rest of our lives. Let me explain to you the reason for this in a quote that I heard recently, that one of the highest privileges in life is peace of mind. And I imagine if you really think about this, you, like I do, would believe this quote to be true. Now, many of us have worries that interrupt our peace of mind. And for a few of these worries or concerns, regardless of our income, regardless of our financial freedom, these worries may continue. However, for a lot of concerns, more money can either alleviate these concerns or make any issues you have much easier, which essentially increases our peace of mind. So I do agree that one of the highest privileges in life is peace of mind. And I absolutely believe that having more financial freedom and more money in your life can actually alleviate and make much easier a lot of these issues. And that is the reason we need to have an emergency fund. It is about improving our peace of mind and essentially our ability to sleep at night. For example, if your car breaks down, it's not going to be a huge issue if you have an emergency fund. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to be annoying. Of course, it's going to be annoying. Nobody wants to spend money on a car breaking down because it's not fun. But it's there so we don't have to worry if something goes wrong in terms of it completely derailing our financial movement or success that we have gained. And that can overall really lead to an impact on our lives and well-being and ability to sleep at night if we get derailed. If you're striving for goals and then something goes wrong that completely pushes you back, that can be really detrimental and really demotivating. In addition, having more money or having an emergency fund set aside leads to the ability to live a lot more freely and with the ability to take a lot more risks. For example, if you want to go traveling or you want to change jobs or you want to change careers. So what should you do if you really want to start an emergency fund from scratch? And some of you might want to do that this year. Um, Some of you might already have a little one and want to build on it. To get going, I would really be considering trying to reach about $1,000. That can cover quite a few things. That can cover a forgotten bill. That could cover maybe something small with your car, a broken phone, a broken laptop needs repair. That can cover a few things that might cover some um, bills if you've got something medical you need to kind of get checked out some dental work you weren't expecting and if possible take the one thousand dollars and work up to about three months worth of expenses if you can this is sort of the quoted but i think that's that's pretty good place to sort of be sitting and i guess that's because you don't know there might be something you might lose your job you might get sick you might need to support your family in some way and having three months worth of expenses would give you a huge peace of mind now a lot of people think oh wow i can't save three months worth of my income that's a lot but it's more so about expenses so what what's the basic you could live off if you lost your job for three months and that's an absolute worst case scenario and some people might think that's not going to be an issue for me based on their work but That's the quoted. So have a think about what you need and what's going to help you feel comfortable to sleep at night. I guess if you want to be working on this this year and for the rest of life, you're going to need to be allocating more income to build up the emergency fund. And how you do this is completely up to you. Do you save more from your income? Do you pick up a bit of a side hustle, more shifts? Do you try and increase your income and allocate some money towards that? How is this going to look for you? This will look different for everyone. 
And it may take you six to 12 months to actually build that up and allocate that along with reaching other financial goals and also living life how you would like to. So all dependent, but I would strongly, strongly encourage building that up this year if you don't have one or building on it if it's only a small one and really maintaining and keeping this habit going for the rest of your life. Number three is a pretty quick reason. So we're gonna run through this and it's also a quick job that you can do anytime, but would really be a good one to do early this year, just after you listen to this podcast to set you up for a really good clean slate to start the year off financially. And I'd really then recommend that you go through and do this every six months. So this is a habit to get into for life that's really going to help you with your financial situation and ensure that you have as much free money as possible to play with so you can reach all of your financial goals. And it's simply just looking through your bank account and tracking any subscriptions or memberships that you have, reviewing them and cancelling anything you don't need or hustling down anything that you think oh, that's gone up like i'm going to call and see if i can sort of get my original price because i can see that on the website it's still cheaper so i'm talking streaming services do you have netflix stan hulu paramount do you have all of them probably don't need them all hey so have a think what are you not really watching delete some can you share some with families just think about how you can get a bit smarter with it Gym memberships, have you not been in two months? Maybe it's time to cancel that one, try something else, look for something that you actually enjoy that might be a bit cheaper that you'll use. Perhaps any subscriptions for work, you know, is there any programs that you've been using for work that you don't need anymore because that project is finished? Or is there even something you could ask work to pay for? Hey, I'm using this all the time now, I'm working from home. Can you pay for this? Given everything sort of changed a little bit after COVID, that could definitely be a possibility. Anything that comes out of your account on a regular basis that you no longer need needs to be cancelled. Now, this can feel like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And then you don't. So I would be really thinking, okay, this weekend, I'm going to put aside an hour or two on Saturday, go through the last month or the last two months worth of um, bank statements, go through, have a think about it and see what you can do. It could even be that you're going to um have a chat to some of your friends and see what you could share maybe with your spotify with your netflix and just see what you can actually hustle down and if you are using everything awesome but just keep an eye on that every six months and have that as a job that you do throughout your life now point number four follows on really nicely from point number three and if you want you can actually combine these and do them together so that's why i've placed it straight after and Basically, it's to go through your bank statements again. So while you've got these out to go through your subscriptions and your memberships, go through and identify what bills you have coming out on a regular basis and make a note to call and see if you can negotiate to get a better deal or potentially move providers. Again, this is a really good one to do at the start of the year, January, February, when you've got a bit of free time because we're feeling extra motivated to start off on the right foot And it's a great one to also get into the habit of doing every six months because every six months, that's about the time when perhaps they've come up with a new deal or they've popped your um, amount up that you're paying. So every six months is a really good one to review. And once you get into the habit of this, it's actually not as hard as you think because you're regularly doing it and you're regularly checking them. So often you'll find, you know, you're doing pretty well or you might want to change one or two here and there. Before you do this, or as you're doing this, sorry, actually, make a list of the bills you have and because sometimes we're just not aware of everything that's actually coming out and how much it's costing us so it's really good to be aware of these basic expenses that we need so for most people this will be things like 
if you've got a mortgage, it'll be your interest rates. It'll be your electricity. It'll be all your insurances, so home, car, health. It'll be your internet and anything else that you've got coming out on a regular basis. Something that I think a lot of people don't actually realize is all of these things, they are up for negotiation and they have multiple, multiple, multiple providers that you can move to if they're going to offer you a better deal. Something else to think of is, are you oversubscribed to anything? Now, I'm not going to talk in depth about like insurance or anything. That's up to you and you have to make your own decisions about what insurances you need and what you need to be covering yourself. But for something like an internet provider, do you have the absolute highest internet with the most common and best provider? Because if you do, there's a chance you're overpaying for that internet. Have a think, who is actually using the internet in your household? Is it just you? What are you using for? Is it just a bit of social media, email, and the odd Netflix episode? Maybe you don't need to be paying $100 a month for that. I definitely don't pay $100 a month for my internet. And I've got two people in my home that sometimes work from home, um, use the internet quite a lot, do short form video, upload that. So just have a think, you know, could you actually go down, even if you're not negotiating, could you just be like, oh, maybe I'll try the lower plan for a bit and see if it works. Then you could be saving $10, $20 a month. So have a think, go through each one, Call up and just say, hey, can I, can we get a better deal here? If not, you could always look at a comparison website, see what other providers are offering. Same thing they might be offering for a lesser price. It never hurts to ask. And nine times out of 10, when I've asked for these things to be dropped, they have been. In particular, at the moment for this year, your interest rates, this is definitely one you'll want to be having a close look at and chatting to your broker or chatting to your provider, your bank to see if you can get a better deal. I will be talking about this much more during the year, but make sure you put this on your list to go through and do. This is where you can see some huge savings in your budget. Number five is one of my absolute favorites and something you should be doing at all times, no matter how much money you earn. Even if you're a millionaire, seriously, I don't care. You need one of these and it is a budget or a money management plan or tool whatever you want to call it, you just need to be across what is coming in and what is going out. And I know some people don't love budgeting due to it feeling uh, restrictive or negative in some other way, but it is absolutely the way to make the most of your money. It does not need to be restrictive. And it is the way that I have managed to achieve multiple financial goals and save more money than I probably would have been able to if I didn't know exactly where my money was going. I always recommend a really flexible approach when it comes to the way you manage your money though, because this is the easiest and most enjoyable way to stay on track. If you are too restrictive, you will not continue to do it. So we wanna be reaching goals whilst also being realistic about what we need to live life. And this has to enjoy some money for fun and splurge especially if you want it to be sustainable. Now I'm telling you, you have to do this even when you become a millionaire, which we all are at some point because we are investing and we are building wealth, but you need to have some money to have fun. Okay. So make sure within your budget, you have some allocated money. Now at the moment, you might be spending too much on fun and you might want to bring this down a little bit, but as long as you've got some there to do this, you need to work out how much you need to allocate to every area of your life. So how much is coming out for your mortgage repayments or your rent? How much is coming out for all of your main bills? What are you spending on life money, grocery, petrols, and that kind of thing? And then what are you spending on like fun and going out? And just try to work out what you need to allocate to every area and how much spare money you should sort of have. So what I like to do is work out, okay, Say, for example, I'm making 2,500 a fortnight, 
to get by with my everyday expenses or my bills and things. Perhaps I need $1,500 a fortnight and I might have $1,000 spare for a bit of spending and a bit of saving. That's how I like to do it. And then I make sure that before I do any paying bills or paying mortgage, I put aside my savings, and my splurge money, and then pay my bills with the rest. So that's a really quick, simple explanation. And I'll definitely be talking more about this throughout the year, but I would absolutely encourage you this year to go through and see if you can find a budgeting and a bank account method that works for you and really try to tailor this to your life to your flexibility so you can always be across what's coming in and what's going out. Number six is a great reason and one that I absolutely love. So I hope you will take this up this year. And that is that we all need to be lifelong learners and look and work on how we are being lifelong learners when it comes to finance. So for this one, I want you to, to commit to learning about money and personal finance through one type of media. And by this, I mean to commit to learning to how you manage your money and consuming that type of education in a way you enjoy. So obviously you're listening to this podcast, which might mean that you enjoy listening to podcasts. So I would absolutely encourage you to continue listening to my podcast, obviously, and some other podcasts you enjoy to learn about different areas of personal finance that you're interested in and that you want to enhance in your life. Other choices might be books, YouTube courses, or just even following some creators on TikTok and Instagram that you like and trust, of which there are so, so many these days. And it's just a fantastic way to learn because you're getting small snippets, bite-sized things of education that really can be light bulb moments that can propel you into learning about something further and implementing something really positive into your life. Have a think about that and think, what, what, how are you going to learn about personal finance this year and how are you going to up your learning? And then when you've decided, try and do the work around this early. So go and subscribe to some YouTube channels, go and borrow some books from the library or a friend that you know loves personal finance or personal development and, and borrow them from them or follow some creators online. Um, and then once you've committed to a form of media, maybe even branch out. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, have a think about what books can you go and read? And I'll be talking about some more books and books that I love this year as well and giving you some recommendations on that. Number seven is a super important one. I know I said that about a few, but this one's massive. So hopefully I haven't lost you yet. And number seven is to be across your superannuation. And in particular this year, to make sure that firstly, you've got your super accounts combined. And secondly, to ensure you can actually access your super and you've had a look at it as a basic to start for this year. Now, let me explain what I'm talking about here. So obviously, you know, your superannuation is your retirement fund in Australia and your employer should be adding to this every time you get paid, which at the moment is 10.5% of your income. So that's great, but we want to be able to check that. That's why you need to be logged in. We want to be seeing that our employer is um, contributing to it to make sure that that's going in, especially if you're changing jobs or anything like that. And then secondly, we want to make sure that your super accounts are combined. So prior to recently, if you worked different jobs and you didn't tell your your workplace, sorry, that you had a super fund or for example, I'm with this super fund, can you please pay into this super fund? They could potentially have just opened up another one for you. Now, when I was younger and I started working at 16 and 17, I had no idea what this superannuation thing was all about, especially coming from the UK with parents who weren't familiar with the system. I was kind of like, what's going on? So I definitely had multiple superannuation accounts. It is no big deal if you've got them. 
I feel like so many people, everyone I talk to is like, oh yeah, I've had multiple. Um, But the reason it's really important to have them combined is firstly, it's your money. So you want to know exactly where it is. People think that superannuation is like some distant thing they're never going to have to worry about. That is your money your employer is paying you to support you in your retirement, which is not that old. And you will still want that money to have, you know, to have a good life at that age. So it's super important. Um, secondly, this money is invested for you. So you want to be able to see that you want to be able to learn about how your super is being invested for you. And that's a conversation for another day, but that's important. And then thirdly, you're also paying fees and insurances with your super. Again, it is a conversation for another day to go into, but you want all of those to be in one fund. Otherwise you are paying for those insurances and those fees in more than one account, which basically means you're, you're wasting money. And I know it feels like that it's something, oh, well, whatever, like it's a distance thing. The less fees and insurances you're paying for, the more money you have for your super, the more money that's being invested, the more it's going to grow by the time you're at retirement age, which means more money for you, less to worry about when you're in retirement. So just to recap, what we are doing here is we're just making sure that we've got one account, one super account. So you can have a look at the super accounts you're with and decide which one you want to go with. Now, different super accounts have different performances. You can call your super fund. You can ask them about that. You can ask them about their performance. You can have a look around. You can compare. And then you can decide which one you want to go with. And when you are combining them, there's two ways to do it, sort of. So firstly, you can head to the MyGov website, log in and combine them there. Alternatively, if you have decided which super fund you want to stay with, you can call them for a bit of assistance and they'll be happy, obviously, to help you if you're staying with them and to talk to you about that. In addition, of course, you want to be able to access yours. Now, I'm talking about this as well because I'm locked out of mine, which is silly and I forgot the password and that's just really bad financial management on my behalf, but I need to just give them a call get back into it and make sure I've logged down that password. It's just because I've sort of been logging in regularly to sort of check and things like that. And I just stuffed it up one time. Um, Good security on their behalf to lock them out of it because it is your money. But yeah, so we need to be making sure we can access it. You've jotted that down somewhere. And then we want to be learning about our super and how it all works. And you can learn about it on the Money Smart government website. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about it in this in 2023 because I'm also doing a course on superannuation. So I will be going through more about super as the year goes on. But for now, make sure you get across those two jobs that you need to do. Number eight is going to sound quite simple, but for some people, this might be a little bit more challenging. And that is to build up our circle of people that we have in our life to have conversations about money with. This might be a partner if you've got a partner and you talk about money with them. Even if you don't share money, you might have similar goals. You might be working towards things together. And if you don't have a partner, that's okay. Maybe it's a trusted friend or it's a parent. And it's a really good way for us to stay on track and motivated with our money management and having a community around us where we can discuss these things is really powerful because it's a way we can learn more. It's a way we can compare ideas. It's a way we can think about things we've never thought of before. Um, and I just think it's really important. So for this year, try to think of one person that you can start having these conversations with. And for a lot of people, this might be hard because conversations about money, making money and investing can often make people very uncomfortable. So if you can even just think of one person in your life that you've got to start having these conversations with or broaching this conversation with, that would be a huge, huge step. And I think it would be a great benefit to you if you can find someone to have positive money conversations with. 
In addition to this point, as we go through our life, I think it's important to think about the saying and something that I believe to be so true is that you are the sum of the five people you spend your most time with. I believe that to be true, absolutely. And if it is true, then we'd want to be really careful for the potential of having success with our finances that our inner circle is people that we do want to communicate with, um, that want to get on board with our money journey and supporting our money journey. Or even if they're not actively doing that, that they're not negative about finances. And this can be hard if you've got parents that are negative about it, or if you've got a partner, that can be super hard. Um, But just try and think about protecting your boundaries with conversations you have with people if they're negative around money and trying to source out someone positive you can have a conversation with money around. So during 2023, make a first step, think about who this person might be, have a conversation with them and continue to build upon that dialogue and continue to build upon this community if you can throughout your life. Habit number nine is all about making sure that we are putting aside some money for future us. Now, when I say future us, I do not mean putting aside some money for the holiday we're going on in six months. Do not mean putting aside some money for the house deposit that we want to save in the near future. I mean, trying to put aside some money for future us, as in us in five or 10 years. Why are we doing this? This is really important to make sure that we are building wealth for our long-term future. So not just focusing on the things we want in the immediate future, so probably the next 12 months or next couple of years, trying to actually think about us in five or 10 years. So have a think about what age you'll be in five, 10, 20 years and ask yourself, what kind of life do you want then? What kind of things do you think you're going to want then? How do you want to be set up for your children, for your family, for potentially looking after your parents, for potentially your retirement? I know we talked about super in an earlier point, but this can be a different sort of putting money aside than your superannuation. So some people do put more into their super. And if you want to do that, that's great. That is looking after future you, but that's future you at 65. You might want to be trying to think about future you at 30. 35 at 40 so putting aside some money that you can access to enjoy in your life but that's not in your immediate future and this is a really really important habit to try and get into as early as you possibly can now i said i'm talking about outside of super so this can look sort of two ways so you could be thinking about saving this money which is great definitely really good for you so you could just be putting away starting small it could be $50 a week it could be $20 a week in a separate bank account that's long term future savings you could also invest this money and this is what i do and this is what i think we should all be doing but if you're not ready to start investing yet if you haven't learned about investing yet then you're not going to start straight away but i would definitely be putting this money aside and saving it And then when you do feel ready to invest, investing that, starting small, and then building up as life goes on. If you are learning about investing and you do understand how investing works and you've been meaning to do it in 2023, this is your year to get invested, then make sure you just pick a brokerage. Talked about this before. There's an old episode if you want to go back and and listen to how to pick a brokerage. But really, you can just pick one and If you don't like it, you can change down the line. It's not a big deal, but pick one, sign up and just start small. Whilst you continue to learn, most people when they start investing will change their strategy. Often people will buy an individual stock and then say, okay, 
I didn't like that or I'm going to buy something else now, that's fine. Or you'll start with an ETF and you do like it and you'll keep going. So there's lots of room to change. And especially if you start small, I'm not saying go and put in thousands of dollars. Absolutely not. Starting small as you learn and continuing on this learning journey, like we talked about before. And if you are going to pick a way to start learning about money and you don't know about investing, that is the way, that is the place that I would actually start. I would start thinking about how you can learn about investing and how you can start small and start putting some money aside for future you. Number 10 is the last thing that we want to set up for financial success. And this is going to be the thing that secures your habits. And that is automating your systems. Building financial habits is the absolute foundation for success. Now, I know I talked about the financial why, absolutely. So the financial why is there too, but this is probably the next layer of your foundation. And it is the best thing that you can do to ensure that your goals and your habits don't fail. Because like I talked about before, personal finance can get boring. It can get hard. It can get like, oh, do I really want to be investing this month when I could be buying this top? Or, you know, do I really want to be saving this month when I want to go out and go for a nice dinner this weekend? It can get really hard. But if your systems are automated, you don't have a choice. It takes it out of your hands almost. And when I'm talking about automating our systems, there is three things that I want you to always have automated. And like lots of other things in this list, once they're set, they're almost like you just sort of monitor them a little bit, but they're like set and forget and they will carry throughout the years of your life. So number one is you want to have your bills automated. So your electricity, your water, your internet payments, your car insurance, your mortgage payments, you need everything to be automated. Even if you're using a credit card, have your credit card payment to be automated okay so it is completely taken out of your hands so it's set up on a day after you get paid you know there's going to be money in there you know it's going to come out on the day it needs to you're not going to get a late fee or an interest repayment it's just going to happen okay so you don't have to think about that the second thing you need to be automating is any savings goals you have or any management system you have like with bank accounts so let me explain what i mean by that so if you're going to save 200 dollars every week for a house deposit automate that. So when you get paid, you get paid $2,000 on the Wednesday, on the Thursday, set it up. So your bank takes $200 out of that main bank account, puts it into another bank account called house deposit. It's taken. You, you can access that money. It's not like you should set it up so it's locked, but just having it in a different space and having it called something different will help you meet that goal. Okay. It'll be taken out of your main bank account. you will be like, yep, that's gone for that. Okay. And you don't have to do it. The third thing that I want to make sure that you automate is your investing. And I know we've just spoken about investing and setting that up and having that as something as a habit you do throughout your life to build wealth. Make sure that is automated. My investing is automated and it is the best thing that I have ever done, especially for this year. I haven't been working in the traditional nine to five. I've been working more casually and doing a little bit of freelance and even on weeks where I didn't get as much money or even on weeks where I wasn't seeing as yeah as much money come in that money was still getting pulled out of my account put into my investing account and eventually invested into a portfolio that i have asked my broker to invest it into it's out of my hands i can't go oh no i'm gonna actually keep that money this week so i'm a bit worried it just goes and there's been weeks where it's kind of come out of my like living money or my emergency fund money if that makes sense and that's okay with me because 
I know that it's getting invested for my long-term future. And then sort of the week after I'll make up for it. So I'm not saying to invest your emergency fund, don't do that. But if you know you can invest $100 a week and it's coming out of your income and it's set up, it'll give you no excuse to change that system for yourself. And then in the next six months or by the end of the year, you'll go, wow, like, look how much I've invested. Maybe I wouldn't have actually done that if I had to sit down, take the money out, send it over myself and actually add in that extra chore to my life. So automating those three things, bills, savings and investments will completely change your financial path over the next few years if you set it up this year. And that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know you would have gotten something valuable from it. There are some absolute gems in this episode. And I know I kept saying, this is really important. This is really important. I love this reason. I love this reason. And that's because I do. So everything that was in this episode are things I do, are things I've established, are habits that I live by. And I basically will attribute these to my financial success for years to come. So if you go through this list, move through them, check them off throughout 2023, get them going and set them up for yourself, you will continue to be good with money for years to come. Make sure you come back for next week's episode when we are going to be talking about a bit of a controversial topic and that is whether money can buy happiness or not. And I tend to think it can. So come back for that episode when I'm going to be diving into why I think that and what reasons there are and what money can actually do for you. Speak to you then. Have a good week. This is just a quick note to say that nothing on this podcast is financial advice and nothing said on this podcast should be used as the basis for any financial decisions relating to any financial products. I'm not a financial advisor and the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with the education you need to continue doing your own research.